Live from Tim Lewicki's Farewell Parade Route, it's the Vocal Minority Podcast! delicious deep fried goodness that is the vocal minority podcast fill your mind bellies welcome to this week's tasty melange of footy frivolity and a few facts as we woefully discuss the fire more injuries and you know look ahead to the next game and now to the panel like a carnival house of mirrors he too gets confused as to which tfc is the real one and which one is the pretender he is the managing editor of the orkies it's tony walsh i live in the fool building oh it's the best building he goes to the X to scout out stall locations for his future kit manufacturing side business. He's a graphics guru for the Yorkies. It's Mark Hinkley. How far is that from the Kinda Living Center? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Barely living center. He's spending the X searching for a replacement for his beloved poutine, but cronuts just aren't cutting it. He is the managing editor of Waking the Red. It's Duncan Fletcher. Hello! I have no quick X-related Horse Palace! Sure. <laughs> that was a compliment. <laughs> the horse palace is not a good place to search for poutine replacement. <laughs> I have discovered this. Mm. I just threw the fork away after two bites. That's a really big fork. They were big bites. <laughs> As for me, I'm spending the remainder of the X trying to avoid hooking up with a carny named Blade. I am a writer of words for Waking the Red and your host, Kristen Knowles. We couldn't stop the fire. No, we didn't beat them. Now we're trying to reason. Why? Why couldn't TFC, with arguably its strongest lineup so far this season, beat Chicago? Seriously, that was a very, very frustrating couple of hours, was it not? Very much so. It felt like longer. Six hours. Actually, it did. I remember partway through the second half being, seriously, there's like 25 minutes left. How is this possible? Why hasn't this game ended yet? Uh, well... There are some highlights to be discussed, or at least a highlight. Although I always say it's a highlight, and then we have six different responses. Not this time. fantastical from four people, so. Oh, yeah. All right, highlight of the match, and I won't even, uh, I'll just... Let's all do it at one, on one. <laughs> Three, two, one. Asobio yeah. Hassan-Tamala. You're an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary podcasting. Mm. What's the next question? <laughs> Um, yeah, please elaborate. Yeah, I, I did have something different, so I'll go with that. Yes, uh, Gil, you know, that was obviously great. Um, but the for the, the first goal, just the Asorio's pass out tomorrow was the, the best like individual sort of moment uh, of the game. It was a delightful little ball out to the left wing there. And uh, yeah, you know, Asorio did a lot of good things, um, had a good uh, attacking game, and that was uh, the, the main uh, the main sort of highlight of that really it uh, demonstrated it's like, eh, this kid can do some stuff alright well since Gil is obviously Trey Gauche I'll take it back 10 seconds before to the Luke Moore pass to Gil 
My much, my much, I much uh, maligned Luke Moore as he came into the game, like, kind of hoping it would have been. Uh, it's more Luke Moore. Yeah, That's him too. Mah. Yeah. <laughs> Luke. Well, that was that was basically how he was saying. Luke it, yes. Man. Yeah. Where I was cheering. That I was kind of. I was kind of hoping. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping DK would come in mm-hmm. with D, with uh, Defoe. That was kind of the, the switch I, I hoped for up front. But I was wrong, and uh, he so, uh, sorry, he what? sent. He sent uh, Gilberto through really nice. I mean, the, the finish was excellent and brought the crowd off its feet, which is rare. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was a great little pass. And speaking of the crowd, that was a bit nice, too. It was an exuberant crowd. I don't know if it was because the X was on and everyone was full of uh, extra grease. But, full of sugar. And the country music pounding mm. out, pounding out the hits from behind <laughs> us. That was good. But, uh, was oh, yeah. yeah. Was, you, oh, no, you totally did, especially the uh, Joan Jack cover. It was a solid evening if it wasn't for the soft, soft underbelly of the home side. Yes. Um, I'm going with Gilberto, and I'm going to start a rumor right now that Atletico Madrid, Juventus, and Hamilton Academical are all interested in the informed striker. 33% of that, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Prove him wrong. Exactly. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Anybody. Where's the video? Yeah. Come on, Atletico Madrid, deny this rumor. <laughs> Denying the mm. rumor. Yeah, I obviously went with uh, Gil's goal. Uh, so we talked about the pass, which is amazing. Uh, for me, it was the composure uh, by Gil mm-hmm. on that goal. Was mm-hmm. to, you know that was probably one of the best exhibitions yeah. of that. Oh, punish. Thank you. Um, from him all season, but just actually from a you know we don't see that a lot up front for TFC. So mm-hmm. it was really that was uh, that was my favorite part of that moment. Yeah, and just the speed as well, because obviously he got the pass, he was ahead of the defender, but he pulled away from the defender and went round, and then, you know, his little sort of dancey, salutey celebration was uh, a lot of fun as well. It's like, yeah, kill. Kill, exactly. Mm -hmm. Kill. All right, low light, let's have him. Uh, I will go with Osorio's defending on Chicago's goals. Uh, just standing around and watching uh, for the first one Chicago dude was out on the wing in space for ages Osorio's just standing there doing nothing eventually Bloom has to shift over so Henry does so Haglund does and thus Earnshaw is unmarked the second one again everyone has to drift over and that includes Jackson moving into the middle so Amaric was unmarked at the, at the other side Oduro as well is just kind of standing there watching Amaric where being unmarked so um, yeah you know does, uh, Osorio did good things he did bad things too there was just generally poor tracking back and helping out and because one of the ironies is, is you know everyone's like oh Jackson at right back it was terrible if Jackson didn't have to be at right back he'd probably been substituted in for either a Duro or Osorio and be much more defensively responsible and stop those goals Sylvie I won't go so much with the inevitable Earnshaw goal. I'll go for the fact that everyone knew as soon as he came on the pitch that he was going to score that goal. Mm-hmm. And they failed to prove us wrong. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that stadium who's been there for more than their first day yeah. knew, ah, number 88. I recognize him. He's going to score on us. And it took all of less than a baker's dozen. Yes. <laughs> Certainly not 88. No. Uh, my low light is is mostly from the uh, from the comfortable couch, which I kept passing in and out of 
um, from, I should say. Um, I was going to say, if you were passing in and out of the couch. Well, it was, <laughs> that couch was really, really Were you watching nice. Doctor Who at the same time? Uh, yeah, no, no, that would have made it better. I could have gone back in time totally, uh, to get a cold. Um, low light would be the cringe-worthy memorization of one point that the play-by-play -play duo of Dunleavy and Dolan for the first 60 minutes, and if you guys managed to watch the replay, I don't know why, but anytime America touched the ball, they seemed to have to drop the word twisting. Like, oh, it's twisting style of play. Like, that's the only fucking takeaway they got was twisting. I don't know what kind of twisting football looks like, but apparently he does it. The, 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 prob the, the problem was they they went for like pretzels at some of the ex Maybe. ex food stand before but, the game. Just put it in their mind. I was quite amused at the idea that somebody who might I don't know why might be watching MLS for the first time and think that twisting <laughs> is an actual thing. Oh, mm. I know what it was. They were watching First Miller's Day off and they have twisting shout in their mind. Oh, that would have been much no. They're thinking of Jamiroquai. <laughs> <laughs> That's just virtual insanity. Hey! That's a great hat. Um, Alright, I have uh, a tackle of the gold, but actually losing uh, Caldwell and Morrow. That's my low light, because this team has been struggling for weeks and weeks now defensively. We finally get Caldwell back. He's gone 22 minutes, and then Morrow, who... You know, quietly one of the, if not the best, most consistent player on TFC this season. And we've already proven that they've gotten no one to, to fill, you know, the, the, the outside backs. And so now he's gone. He's gone for like four weeks. Mm -hmm. Which is beyond yeah. depressing, quite frankly. That's so that's, that's my little leg. He was leading the team in lack of me smacking my head. Exactly. <laughs> when do you talk about Moro? You hardly talk about Moro. Why? Because he's doing his job and he's doing it well. So yes, there were definitely some lows in that game and not just because of the result. Um, but we have to have a little levity because that's what we do around here. And since we are at the CNE, God, at the CNE twice, I just realized this, mm -hmm. which is distressing. Yes, exactly. It is distressing. Mm -hmm. uh, but what CNE ride would you compare TFC to? I'm so proud of mine. Go on, that. <laughs> oh, well, that's Go me. on. <laughs> the microphone is yours. I would compare TFC to Sanchez. The roller coaster. Long waits, short on thrills, dangerous yet could fall apart at a moment's notice, and somewhere there's a carnival that's laughing at the number of fools who tolerate it. Well done. Mm, well crafted. Thank you. Tim Lewicki the Carney? Or... <laughs> hey, we've had a couple carnies from that roller coaster. Mm. I went more with an amusement at the CNE over a ride, and it's the game Whack a Mole. Of course, in this TFC sense, Whack a Mo would be better. Hey! Just when you think everything is nice and calm, and the pitch is nice and Damn. flat. Up oh, pops a little branch. Sanchez. <laughs> and no matter how many times you knock it on the head, something else is coming up somewhere else. I appreciate that you didn't say a little redheaded bastard. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> From the redheaded bastards in the room, we appreciate you, you know, circumventing that. This option. one goes out to you, Mo Johnson's daughter. Flame <laughs> 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 war, bring it, bitch. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, the zip ride, which uh, you can see that was leaving from basically 
just right above section 104. And things look good. You're flying high, thinking, eh, this is fun. And then you just slowly sink lower and lower and eventually come to a crashing halt. Now, repeat as often as you can uh, afford the time and money, and it's going to be the exact same thing. Yeah. Also, I didn't really know the names of the other rides, so... <laughs> I'm pretty sure they mm. don't have a ride called Shitty Roller Coaster. <laughs> Good point. It's next to Shitty Walking, it's <laughs> <laughs> It's next to the Jeremy Hall of Mirrors. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the Freddy Hall of Mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> Packed up. That one's Charles Bermuda, but yeah, yeah. Um, hasn't broken out into the mainstream really. Didn't it end up at the Northampton County Fair. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think it did. Yes. Layers. Uh, so I went with the Gravitron. So when the gravitron's going really fast, you know, when you're stuck to the side and you're spinning around, it's kind of cool. You can't really focus on anything. It seems like it's a lot of fun and really you're forced to enjoy the ride because you can't move. But then it starts to slow down and you start to fall and you start to realize this really isn't a lot of fun. You get that really nauseated feeling and you think you just might throw up. Yeah, it's kind of like watching TFC most years. That's a good description. I thought you were going to say Kyle Becker at the end of it's like get excited, nauseating, dizzy, can't focus on anything, and then you want to throw up. Sorry, Kyle. Alright, uh, so we're going to revert back a little bit to, we were just talking about the injuries to Caldwell and Morrow. Um, so, how damaging is this? Very, extremely mm. damaging. I, like Caldwell, Caldwell, I mean, for all his flailings, we uh, <laughs> underestimated, I think, not so much his... Uh, actual defending but his control of the defenders around him mm -hmm. the influence he has on the youngsters and yeah mm -hmm. maybe Joe Bendik indeed too uh, the marshalling of of that defense obviously has changed pretty drastically since he's been gone um, it's a pretty raw young defense or one with pieces that aren't necessarily full MLS level so yeah, yeah I mean mm -hmm. it's He's a, a good defender yeah. on, on his day, but uh, it's the mental side of his game that is going to hurt. Moro, we've mentioned, he's the guy you just haven't had a chance or a need to complain about, and that sucks too, especially in his position. Like, so like, few mistakes this year. Ashton Morgan? Well, it's... Is, is Ashton Morgan ever actually... It's just Ryan Nelson. Yeah, I mean, he, Morgan's a much more obvious direct replacement than anyone who replaced Mac Bloom. Let's see on Saturday. Well, sure, absolutely. But I mean, when Jackson starts, it, no, it, you're right. it didn't make a lot of sense for Morgan to be on the bench in order to be able no, to come on. No, I'm not saying Morgan should play. Right. I think if yeah, I mean, if, right. if Morgan doesn't come in, then that's a sign that oh yeah, Nelson hates this guy. He's gone at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, he's the only obvious left back. We have that. I mean, having said that, though, you know, Morgan is presumably going to be with Henry Haglund and Bloom. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty green backfield. It is. It is. <laughs> Just ruin the Fagundas out of our back line. <laughs> I'm going to pipe an actual Fagundas over that. So. Mm. Makes only sense, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm just I'm going to go with these guys. Yeah. Um, it's it's an it's it's an ugly situation. Um, I don't know if there's going to be. I'm afraid to find out what the solution is because though. I completely agree with Duncan and his findings. 
I do believe Tony's prediction is spot on. <laughs> and to be fair, I mean, Morgan, he looked kind of crap last year. Jonas Elmer arrived. Morgan rose to that challenge and got better. Mm-hmm. Now, will he have... Has he had much of a chance does he to have, rise? Yeah. That's the well, thing. How many? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Plus, a, plus an exhibition. Don't he did his like, Voyager's Cup stuff. I, uh, well, well, I thought he's like, two or three or four games. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. No, he, actually, the, the, the Beast Cup game... Well, I, th- I think we'll be pleasantly surprised by Ashton Morgan. The are. defense as a whole, I, it's not going to get better at all, is it? And it's been pretty crap recently. It's going to stay kind of crap, but I think Morgan will do all right. But if anybody wants to step up and pretend to be like even a vice captain of the back four... Here's a perfect opportunity to do it. This game, next game, you want to you want to cement yourself at the at the club. Even just try, just try to run the back four. You want a job at Orlando City, Ashton Morgan? <laughs> <laughs> you play your ass off. Yeah, pretty exactly. much. Yeah, well, let, let's just go. Uh, let's take Aaron Vinter's uh, idea about this. Let's let's just move Michael Bradley back into the defense. <laughs> Maybe, that he he wasn't that far off. Maybe in a back five, like mm. back three slash five. Mm. Is that not what we that, watched on Saturday? Um, for a large. Well, whenever we had the ball, yes, he would come back there and get it, then move forward. But, yeah. uh, sadly, sadly, doesn't yeah. fix the back, doesn't uh, fix the fullback problem, unfortunately. No. I don't know. No. So, like, who knew that? Because earlier on the season, we all talked about yeah, TFC weren't winning, but they were a strong defensive team. They were hard to score on. So Caldwell and more, like Caldwell, it, it is, it's funny that, you know, Caldwell, Bloom, more like those three guys, one was a spare part we picked up, not, you know, a decent spare part, our captain, I guess, and the kid, and everyone else just falls into tiny little pieces. So TFC mm-hmm. needs to pick up some more defenders, again, as always, I thought we'd fix this. I don't know if it's about that per se, I mean... I think it's started before Caldwell and Bloom got injured, but basically since the World Cup break, nine out of 12 games now, we've let in two or more goals, wow. which is just preposterous. That's ridiculous. But I mean, I think that kind of before the World Cup game, before the World Cup break, we were playing a very defensive style. There was nothing going on up front. It was just defensive and counter, and everyone was bitching and moaning about it. After the World Cup break, I said, oh, all right, well, we're trying to keep possession a bit more. We're looking a bit better. And then that seemed to coincide with, oh, the defense is kind of crap. So then, this is the price we pay for goals? Kind of. Then I think, you know, maybe we eventually would have got better at that, but then the injuries happened. I mean, we've never really had a chance to actually... Right have the first choice defense out there kind of playing with this newer style and eventually getting used to it and being okay. Well, and, and Saturday is a good example of the fact that, that they did sort of fall apart. It would have been nice to see. We didn't, you know, as you said, we didn't get to see a whole game no. with those guys out there. We haven't seen that defense in a month, more than a month. Yeah, more than. So that's mm-hmm. problematic. Yes. And... A big red flag for the offseason, no matter where our season ends up. Yeah, right. Yes, that a defensive, defenders, re- a defensive yeah. rebuild is in because Caldwell is not on the right side of his 30s as no. far as a footballer goes. And Henry is still struggling to find that level of maturity. You know, he does nice things, when, does really good things when he does good things, and then he just does those horrific things when he. Yeah, I'd up. say you know, we need a, a good experienced central defender and a couple of okay fullbacks. Yeah. Morgan, you know, he's got his chance now to show he can be the sort of okay yeah. backup fullback. 
everyone who's tried it right back since Bloom went out has failed. So miserably. Mm. Or go on. Or we can hope we just start smashing the shit out of teams like by eight to five. Sanchez. Wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but I have it on good authority that Gilberto is being scouted by some pretty big teams. As I was earlier that I started. Between between our strike, like our strike force, we should be at least getting six a game. I don't know. I don't. I like. Let's concede three. Let's just score more. Aussie ideas for TFC. Five, <laughs> five up front. <laughs> Why not? Um, and as Duncan mentioned earlier about the absolute no shock at all that uh, or sorry, was it Duncan? No, it was yeah. me. Oh, I know. Just <laughs> hold on. You wouldn't have anything clever to say about football. Yeah. You're the jokes guy, Tony. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm the analysis. Yeah, exactly. Duncan's the kit guy. Sure, oh, this I makes know. sense. He's the kitten to the kitten stadium. <laughs> 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 Alright. Anyway, where were we going with that? I don't really know. I was, I was, I was, Duncan's the eye candy of the podcast. I had that revenge. <laughs> Alright, and now it is time for the Cuddle Arms game in 16 words. Gentlemen. Two defensive injuries is always going to cause problems. Gilberto, you magnificent bastard, I salute you. Mm. Oh, nice. Support the troops. Yes. <laughs> the ongoing kiss of life that Toronto seems to be with former players on different teams. Mm. You come here, you leave and get way better. What the hell? Way more than 16. No, no, okay, that last part was, it ended at team, actually. Oh, all right, fine. And I broke them up. Uh, Aren't explanations of the 16 words allowed to happen at a Foul! That's two weeks in a row. <laughs> two weeks in a row we've had fouls. Fine! Instead of flails. Moro whipping, own goal nipping. Earnshaw flipping, Gil ripping. Amiroquai pipping, late goal shipping. Playoff slipping? Counted 17 there. Whipping was, whipping was a hyphenated. Mor- uh, okay. Morrow? Whip- mm, whipping? I, mm. It's a hyphenated word. Suck it. I think it's made a hyphenated word. Sure it is. Okay. I, mm, whipping? I, mm. <sighs> Fans of the podcast. <laughs> Text in your answer. Yeah, really. <laughs> you Retweet for yes, favorite for no. Alright. Hashtag Tony Fowl. And it rhymed. Suck. Alright. Gil scores at home. We all celebrate. Defense falls to pieces. Camaraqua, number 88. And with this week's look at other stuff that happened or bloody hell Eastern Conference rivals cut us some slack would you here's Duncan Fletcher with wins and losses Duncan thank you Kristen uh, well this was a bit of a wild one really uh, lots of goals some big wins and plenty of star players doing their star player thing uh, it all started off in Colorado and the biggest starriest player of them all Landon Donovan continuing his retirement gift-getting tour. The Rapids gave him what was described as a slew of gifts, mm, including a ski pass, a Vail Resorts... Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Seriously? 
a Vale Resorts gift basket, and even a bottle of wine from Colorado owner Stan Kroenke's vineyard. Well then. Mm-hmm. He apparently was not moved to tears by this one. And uh, the ungratefulness continued as he scored the winner. LA coming back from 3 1 down at halftime to win 4 3. For prick! Yes. Take the gift and shut up! <laughs> you take the gift, you fluff the easy chance. That's how this works. Everyone loves you, whatever. Meh. Um, yeah, so LA won 4 3. But uh, in that game, Edson Buddle. I uh, got his 100th MLS goal, so Seriously? well done to him. Ooh, see mm. previous comments. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, he was good before and after. It was just the, it was just the, it was just the with TFC where it all kind of went see wrong. See, we were uh, his launch pad for, mm. for stardom, so that's uh, my bias. Fair enough. Uh, the, the week ended with San Jose continuing their slide, losing 4-2 to Philadelphia, though their star also did his thing, Chris Wondolowski getting his 10th goal, becoming only the third player to do that in MLS five years running, uh, after Juan Pablo Angel and which former TFC player? Oh, well, Mr. No. Really? And no. Not- <laughs> <laughs> He's on his way. <laughs> Only five more seasons to go. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I uh, uh, cutting in was a lot. Beep, beep, beep. The answer is Carlos Ruiz. El Pescadito. What? Yeah. Really? Mm. What the hell? Mm-hmm. All right. Sure, it's fully that. Okay, where are we going? Anyway, San Jose. Yes, they keep losing. They aren't all that happy about it. John Bush was presumably too embarrassed to talk, but inexcusable, frustrated, tired, and soft were all added to the adjectives list by others. Sam Cronin said, Those before are the weakest goals we've probably given up all year. While coach Mark Watson added, We've got a tired, frustrated group right now. We just seem to not be doing the little things right now to get results in games. Hmm. It's sad times to be, a, to be an earthquake. <laughs> Topical, too. <laughs> yes, nice. indeed. Well, indeed. Uh, in between those two games, there was uh, all sorts of good games, including a Cascadia derby, which opened with a Timbers Tifo of Dorothy setting fire to Emerald City. Uh, that backfired a little bit, as uh, Oberfemi Martins helped Seattle win 4-2. It was the Sounders' biggest star, though, who really put the dagger in. Uh, Chad Barrett scored. <laughs> <laughs> you almost got through that with a straight face. Oh, you know what? It was um, actually a really nice goal. Proud of you. Chad Barrett scored the winner. It was nice. And uh, he later tweeted the following. I wish it was in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, he tweeted, Portland's TIFO was on point. Seattle was on fire this weekend. All our teams won. The, the, the Sounders, the Seattle Rain, the Mariners, the Seahawks. So uh, well done, Chad. Then yeah, he showed off his red heels. <laughs> <laughs> There's no place like home. Yes. the Hmm. Uh, there was also New York beating Montreal 4-2. Thierry Henry scoring and then yelling, I'm old! Yes, I'm old! At somebody who presumably would have been picking on him a bit. Wow. Yes. Touchy. <laughs> oh, the French There's a good uh, sort of vine out there of it. He's clearly very obviously pissed off at somebody. Uh, that was overshadowed somewhat, though, by Bradley Wright Phillips, who got two goals, tying then beating Juan Pablo Angel's record for the Red Bulls. Those were his 19th and 20th goals of the season. Those were my notes. Setting their record. Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, moving away from milestones and records and the big winners were FC Dallas and DC United who Who, both who's FC Dallas? Mike Hinckley's FC Dallas I don't know what the hell you guys keep talking about (laughs) Uh, they both went away from home and won top of the table clashes Dallas beating Salt Lake 2-1 and DC stuffing Kansas City 3-0 Peter Vermees describing his defence as absolutely horrendous Uh, aside from all that the main theme was a great week for the Eastern Conference Uh. uh, behind TFC as well as Philly and New York wins mentioned earlier, Columbus got a second straight win, uh, 3-0 over Houston, and New England beat Chivas 1-0. Chivas now hasn't scored a goal in over five games and are just 25 minutes away from claiming the longest goalless streak of the MLS season. I'm still sitting on Torres, I think, in my, my fantasy league. Oh, you should have got rid of him a long time ago. So, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, of course, the big MLS news of the week was the thoroughly, stupendously MLS way that the Jermaine Jones transfer saga ended, uh, avoiding the allocation order as he was above a certain threshold that has never been made public and presumably didn't exist you until the situation, and uh, was instead assigned via a blind draw, behind closed doors process, of course, not to Chicago, who did all the legwork in getting him here, including trading John Hurtado to Chivas for allocation money, but instead to New England. So, uh, bravo, MLS, you've uh, you've outdone yourself. It's a whole new level. I still maintain that their rule book is written in pencil, so they can mm. easily erase stuff. There's no rule book. Whatever. Yes. Anyway, uh, that would be your MLS wins and losses for the week. Back to you, Kristen. Thanks, Duncan. by shooting his shoe into the goal. Jermaine Defoe will return to the team by shooting blank into the goal. Gentlemen, what did you have for this? Uh, Defoe will return to the team by shooting his protege, Mark Bloom, into the goal so it's easier to dig the ball out of the back of the net as per contract stipulation. <laughs> he he you know, slipped Bloom 5,000. Yeah. yeah. Here's some money. I'm going to kick him in the goal, okay? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. You want the money. Come on. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bloom. Nice. <laughs> He's so poor. Yeah. <laughs> Classic dunk. <laughs> I have uh, Defoe will return to the team by shooting his huge roll of $100 bills into the goal. Uh, Sean Johnson, on a mere 250000 a year salary, or what Defoe refers to as a fortnight, will dive for the money and thus Defoe gets the easy goal. <laughs> I just had. I just had his best come hither look. Interesting. I think that's more cost effective than your 
idea. <laughs> but both effective. And damn you, Duncan. Um, and my own fault. But yes, you're right. So, uh, I add he will return to the team by shooting his latest wagon to the goal. Because she's his favorite. She doesn't just get kicked out of the bed, no. He promised to make her famous. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but this week's winner is a new, uh, new respondent, new player. Vic at It's Ridiculous uh, on the Twitters. Pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. We're, we're, we're pretty fond of your ridiculous uh, Twitter handle there, Vic. It's is ridiculous. Is not ridiculous. It's ri- oh, no. even better. Is mm. ridiculous. Mm. Anyway, his response was Jermaine Defoe will t- return to the team by shooting blanks into the goal. Layers. Mm. We like it. Well done, Vic. <laughs> That's why he doesn't have a lot of kids. That's the key to waiting until after the game happened. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. This week's bitchy blank is, if Tim Lewicki brought bloody big deals to TFC, his replacement will bring blank. Nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Once again, please send your responses to us on the Twitters at Vocal Minority Pod. No A in the vocal. Leave it in the comments on our website, vocalminoritypodcast.blogspot.ca, or in the comments on Waking the Red when it's posted there. Thank you all for playing. We look forward to your responses. a bloody big departure. Less than two years after taking over uh, MLSC and honestly resurrecting TFC, Tim Lewicki is resigning his position as CEO and moving on to start his own company apparently. Is this the disaster that many fans and pundits are foreseeing for our little club? Or is there now a foundation for TFC uh, within the big corporate machine to at least survive marginally on our own? Um, I'm not sure I'd quite call it a foundation. It's a very shaky one, if there is a foundation. Um, yeah, it's it's not good news. I think, you know, the, the new guy they're getting in isn't going to be, you know, what do you know about soccer isn't really going to be that big of a uh, part of his job interview. So we could easily uh, sort of fall under the radar again, which uh, wouldn't be good. So, yeah, it's, it's bad news. Yeah, um, I... I Whoever the replacement is going to be is not... He's not going to be as a sports guy as Lewicki. And I say that because there aren't many like him out there, and we had him. So whoever they're going to get is going to at least have... They may have a sports business background, but it'll be more emphasis on the business than it will be on the sports. Lewicki's resume is full of successes, top to bottom, front to back, both trophies and money. So find another guy that can do even something remotely like that in a sh- the short-term rounds that he's been known to pull off, good luck. So, um, also I do kind of believe that whoever they get to replace is, as Duncan said, we will be we will be in the shadows. Um, they will be hawking TSC tickets at Marley's games when this is probably done. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I, br- I broke down his departures effect in a few ways. Uh, club management is concerning. Uh, 
his leadership leads, leaves a void at the top. Um, we've had years of guys who know nothing being the president of the club, so maybe we hope that Bezbachenko somehow becomes Presbachenko, gets bumped hey up. Nice. Hashtag TM'd. Nice. Um, <laughs> but seriously, I'd rather see him be moved up, keep the his kind of GM title, maybe bring some guys he trusts from his circle in, but there's always the worry that the new guy wants to bring in his man to run each team, much like Lewicki did with every club mm-hmm. uh, under the MLSE banner. Um, DPs, we're not going to see a new CEO come in and justify another $100 million offseason in transfers and salary. But also on that, what other, what other CEO has the influence and the name recognition yeah. where DPs are like, oh, well, also the yeah. also the connections that yeah, he had yeah. through AEG and we, we still have Drake. Presumably. <laughs> right. Oh my God, sorry, right. Totally right. Everything is fine. So Drake, get... Drake, Drake for club president. So, yeah. no, yes. our, our, our next DP uh, is going to be Carmelo Anthony and Little Wayne in the midfield. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know. Um, another concerning point, uh, concern I have is MLS relations. Uh, we were mm-hmm. the league pariah by the end of uh, the Anselmi reign. They had burnt so many bridges that, by all accounts, TFC barely could find a trading partner outside of Vancouver or Dallas. That was the only two. Yeah. yeah. Um, they weren't all that welcome at the table in New York because they, apparently, when things were good in 2007, they w- walked in all guns ablaze and thought they were, you know, they could the run shit. the show and tell everybody what to do. And that wore thin fast on the other owners or the other directors. Uh, but Lewicki and, in turn, Bezbachenko, two insiders, got us definitely back at the table and in a position of prominence and in this league as we talked about before with blind you know allocation orders and things like that you need to be inside it's no use being an outsider um and demo field mm-hmm. i'm concerned about yeah for sure i still my gut when i heard he was leaving says mm, this has something to do with the argos and everything i don't know i'm probably way off base but if i if we hear that he was leaving as part of the Argos being shoehorned in and him not liking it because of the way it's being done and whoever is putting out the money not really caring too much about the soccer experience. That would be really mm-hmm. disappointing. I don't know who's going to be around to fight for the soccer experience at BMO Field as oh, this construction nice. goes on. Yeah. Bez, what Bezbachenko, does he have... Does he have any power within MLSC? Yeah, I, right. don't, I, not, I, no. I don't I don't see him having I any... I can't imagine no. George Cope whoever, whichever Bell Rogers people it might be, really knows who Bezbachenko is. I don't think any of the GMs of the clubs, I can't see them having any power over the, you know, day-to-day operations, facilities, etc. of MLSC. Mm -hmm. You know. But, yeah, the the ground, though, that's definitely a a big thing. I mean, yeah. You've set this in motion, but what are we going to end up with? New guys, well, we've got the Argos here as well, we have to treat them fairly, so, yes, we're going to put their logo in the middle of the pitch, and doesn't fade off in time, well, there, you'll be okay. Without Lewicki there, there is a massive chasm of people who don't understand the sport at MLSE. Mm-hmm. And to all those guys who are old school Leafs guys, the board of directors, they're all back, you know, a lot of them from the Stavro era and beyond. They have no idea why that why, why yeah. would it bother the soccer they fans it's 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 yeah it's, if it's not the leaves and yeah. maybe a little bit the raptors these have a higher valuation than half the nba yeah. like they don't need to they don't need to placate to us us being you know footy sports they don't need to placate to 
And they don't even need to play gate to the Raptors. They just know with the Raptors, there's a greater potential. Yeah, and there's a there's a revenue base that TFC can't compete with yet. Exactly. Anytime in the near future. Right, and without my wiki, yeah. How much? How far back does that stuff just take? No, and that's it. And the pecking order is the the final thing. So I, you know, even the Raptors are a distant second of the Leafs. The guy coming in is going to be told fix the Leafs. Yeah. Uh, on a sports side, on a sports, yeah, but that's going to be yeah, job right. number one. Other than making money on facilities and things, fix yeah. the Leafs. On, on the sporting side, fix the Leafs. Raptors come a distant second because of their economic potential, because mm-hmm. of the NBA. This leaves MLS. I'm sorry. This leaves TFC down with condos and facilities and slightly above the Marlies. Indeed. Yeah, no, I and I agree with everything you said. It's just, it is a, to me, it's a big concern. I've heard some people push back about saying, what has he done? What has he delivered on? Are you kidding me? Are you insane? Like, have you watched this team this year I to not those, see that this is a completely different team? I hope those people don't listen to this podcast. I hope they do listen to this podcast. you're fucking broken. He's, no, he's the nicest. He's no way. saint. He's no, got, there's he a lot of annoying he's things a, he's oh, done. No, no, yeah, he's yeah. a real salesman. He's yeah. he's shiny and he's bombastic and yeah. he says the right thing most of the time at the right times. However, he has delivered on some of what he said. I don't like think. Oh my god, Tim Lightwick—he's my hero. No, but I think he has done far more good for this club than any other person that has been involved in this club. Pretty much since its inception. I s- as uneasy as uneasy as the BMO Field Argos thing has made me yeah. forever. The only thing that was like, ah, it's like Lewicki kind of understands what the sport's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Whether he would have succeeded at making it look that way or not, I'm, you know, we'll never know. But at least his mind, I think, was there. That it's like, oh, it's not supposed to have gridiron lines. The south stand's not supposed to be thirty yards away from the pitch, etc. I don't see where that's coming from anymore. Under <laughs> whoever, mm-hmm. hey, God forbid, it's someone like Mark Cohen who takes uh, over. Stop saying that name. Yeah, just I, I, I get like someone of his ilk chills even. down my spine and I, not good ones. I, I fear that that he's going to be the guy. The downside is that yeah, he's 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 a CFL guy and he's done a great job with the league, but hopefully he's not. I mean, he's not going to come in being an still an Argos guy, or at least a CFL guy. Once he sees the numbers and sees what's going on, he'll know that the MLS is in way better condition than the CFL is, or at least way better condition than the Argos are. And if the Argos are still an acquisition for MLS, they're going to be... There's always yeah, but that then dream. Always the, the, the history in Canada. Yeah. And, you know, that flag does not sell tickets to Argos games. I don't care if anyone <laughs> no, says. We, we know, we no, know no, that, but, the, but... But what I'm saying is that that if you're if the if the object of your one of the objects of your job is to put ass in seats, you know, hundred years of tradition does not sell tickets to the Argos. The Argos winning sells tickets to the Argos. It's it's not gonna matter. That being said, TFC has been a perennial loser with an asterisk on this season and butts in seats. So you know what I mean? There's there's no fluctuation. The only reason why we were the only reason why TSC was going to suffer was because they kept jacking up the prices, jacking up the prices, and people were getting tired of it. Uh, I'm hoping that who that if it is Cohen, he's using his sports business brain and rather not his CFL Argo knowledge. Fair enough. Um, I just I, I think we can all agree it's disaster. Now I just want to sort of follow up with something that Tony said about MLSC or TFC's place at the MLS table. Um, I want to sort of dial it back to how does this reflect upon MLSE 
their, you know, their overall structure that LightWiki is leaving this soon. So what has happened in the background that this has happened? Like, he signed on for a five-year contract. And sure, the big guys don't always stick around for that long, but that was supposed to be his reign. And that's a pretty reasonable, you know, time frame for a new CEO who wants to put his stamp on a couple different sporting clubs, turn things around, make a name for himself, build a new stadium, rebuild a, a faltering team, try and restore the Leafs. Sorry, I almost said that with a straight face. Um, and now, less than two years later, oh, no, I'm going to go start my own business. Screw you guys. Well, it's like everybody who's left TFC or any of the club will never hear the truth. They get the nice, big, fat, non-disclosure Oh, I'm sure like Wiki's contract just reeks of money. So yeah, so well, we're does. never going to hear, but I really fear what the truth behind it is. Well, and it's more than his fear. wife not liking winter. It's just a bunch of um, Yeah, I mean, I think obviously sort of Bell and Rogers. That's that's not really going to be a good uh, no good mix. And then yeah, whoever like board members came before those guys that have been around for maybe a long time, they're all kind of set in their ways, and you know, it's those ways are generally you know, safe, steady, money making, not sort of extravagant. Let's try and win things kind of ways. So, you know, say we'll never really know, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's just kind of those two viewers rubbing against each other and the wiki deciding, yeah, no, I, I don't need this. For, for the money that he spent, though, or that, they, that he spent of MLSE's money for, for goodwill on Toronto FC, um, though it was an excessive amount of money, it was money well spent because that club was, was on a downward spiral that was going to take something this drastic. And if they waited a year, it would have taken even more mm. to turn it around. It mm-hmm. wasn't going to... The foe was not going to be enough. It was going to, you're going to need three to foes. You know, it was going to be something absurd to, to get people back in the same. At that point, it's just, it's now like, now we're going to see the freak show. Yeah, I think the dominoes could quickly fall in the other direction, oh. though. Like, it doesn't take much to fall backwards yeah. in this league. As oh, much no. as we've always said, it doesn't take much to get competitive. You can fall backwards oh. pretty fast. I think best case scenario we can hope for is a money guy who puts someone like Bezbachenko in power and leaves him, here's your, yeah. here's your budget, go to town, yeah. see you at the board meeting, yeah, if you won't bother you. We'll yeah. Talk. yeah. No, that's fair. All right. Okay, so, moving on. Um, yeah, good times. Here's hoping <laughs> that he sticks around long enough and can use his influence. I'm hoping he sticks around through the offseason and can use his influence one last time to try and keep things shored up or keep things on the right path. That is that is my hope for this. He's said end of the season. I'm hoping it's into the spring to get that's sort of that's my silver lining high in the sky. That's the best thing I can hope for out of this. I, I would hope the one thing he'd fix would be the stadium, but it's built, being built in those damn phases and the last phase is the CFL phase. Yeah. And that's what's mm-hmm. Exactly. There. And yes. you've got zero control. Well we have any control over it to begin with. Exactly. Well, except walking away. Exactly. Well, lines on the pitch. There we go. All right. Yeah, so we're we're having a good look at things. That I'm gonna go have a cry. Exactly. Now that we brought the podcast <laughs> way down. Like <laughs> somebody talking about boobs. <laughs> we have a Mitsu song like queued up somewhere Place for you Mitsu. guys. Place <laughs> Play Montreal for a really long time. Sorry, boys. Um, let's look ahead to our next game, this week's game uh, against the Revolution, which normally would sort of be a happy thing. 
However, I'll let Duncan preview the Rev first and then we'll talk about their latest new shiny toy that will make us all really depressed again. Duncan, do you want to tell us about the Rev? Please. <laughs> Um, yeah, Revolution. They, they started the season crap, uh, then they went on a run, running 7 of 9, looking pretty damn good. Then they, uh, that run ended, losing 2-0 in Montreal, which was the first of 8 straight defeats. Uh, eventually won a game, and they've now settled into mediocre, 7 points from the last 4 games. Their latest game, a 1-0 win over Chivas. So uh, they're streaky, but as we've noticed many times, you don't need to be good to be in with a chance in the Eastern Conference, and so it is with New England. They're part of that five-team mushy middle chasing the last three playoff spots. Currently sixth, 30 points from 24 games, and a win on Saturday would put them ahead of TFC in the standings. Um, their lineup, it's generally been a 4-1-4-1. Reigning MLS Defender of the Year, Jose Goncalves, anchoring the back four, then Scott Caldwell sitting ahead of the defence with the attacking midfielders generally being uh, Lee Wynn, Daigo Kobayashi, Kaelin Rowe, Diego Fagundes. Yes. Thank you. So, uh, Tio Bunbury is often being kind of put in there as well yes. in one of the wide positions. Um, generally, like recently, those four have been playing behind Charlie Davis, though Patrick Mullins or Jerry Bengtson are also options. And they recently added uh, a couple more forwards. Tony Taylor, fresh from a season where he got three goals in 13 games in the Cypriot League. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, so uh, he looks good. There's maybe a bit more potential with uh, Geoffrey Castillon, a former Dutch youth international who's been bouncing around the Dutch leagues without ever really making his mark. And so uh, that's all a bit uninspiring, really. So he's their salesman? Yes. Nice. Mm -hmm. Does he have a cat? I mean, his his his, his, his name his his name is Jeffrey Lioncastle, so you'd hope so. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, their big news, though, uh, is of course they they won the blind draw to get Jermaine Jones. Uh, I wish him and his uh, 32, 33 year old knees good luck on the Gillette Stadium pitch. Uh -huh. um, Thought that went through. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he should be a good signing for them though, and bring some extra bite to a New England midfield that's generally a bit too fancy pants, uh, aside from Caldwell. Uh, ideally, they'd be looking at him to be the more adventurous of a double pivot alongside Caldwell in a 4-2-3-1, probably taking Kobayashi's spot in the middle, all very Colin Warner, Michael Bradley-esque. Uh, figuring out the best way to actually use him uh, might take them a while. Um, I still think more than likely, though, despite how many Americans are going to be looking forward to seeing Bradley versus Jones, that probably isn't something we'll really need to worry about, as he's new to New England, he's had no time to practice with him yet, and hasn't been playing anywhere since the World Cup. Uh, instead, most notably hanging out with Charlie Sheen, Paris Hilton, Chris Brown, Mike Tyson and more. So I wouldn't expect much more than uh, a sub appearance so, uh, on Saturday. People who punch people, mm -hmm. uh, people deserve to be punched. Mm. In Charlie Sheen. Yes. So, okay, that's good. Mm. It, it's it's a it's a good crew. Won. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this will be, of course, the second game the teams have played this season. New England winning two one at BMO Field back in May amid swarms of midges. Uh, Jackson scored with a long deflected shot early on. Gilberto uh, missed a bunch of chances, uh, including hitting the post late on, and Daniel Henry made a horrendous pass that led to the first goal. A bad Justin Morrow clearance led to a Henry handball and a penalty for the second. Uh, bad finishing and defensive mistakes, it is uh, all very familiar. Um, that was the Revs' first ever win at BMO Field. Their all-time record here is now two TFC wins, one Revs win and five ties. 2-2 has been the most common result.
Predicting doo-doo. We still do that? Yes! Damn it! Anyway, that would be your uh, revolution scouting report. Uh, Back to you, Kristen. Thanks, Duncan. Well done. Alright, so this is a super exciting game that we're heading into. You know, they're right below the playoff line. They've got, you know, their new shiny toys coming in. And uh, TFC just grew to Chicago. Like everybody else, but, you know, this is a frustrating... I'm already afraid for this game. I'm actually apprehensive about a game that two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, I was like, ah, elves are coming. Three points. Excellent, you know, and now I'm just like, oh, shit. And yeah. it's not so much that I think Jones is going to play. I just think that they have, you know, you give any team a little bit of mental goodwill and TFC with its apparently mental fragility half the time. I don't know. I worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mostly I'm worried about the lineup given the injuries and we've talked about you know Morgan kind of has to play yeah yeah I think he's the obvious choice at left back there's no reason not to have him in there get ready Jackson you're in <laughs> hey. good lord I hope not can Bradley all play left back <laughs> shut up Ashton Morgan must be a major anti-Kiwiite Oh yeah. Like, seriously, what, 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 does he just like swear he at the coaching staff during yeah. during training? Like, he throws up. Does he show up Team meal. He's like, I don't like lamb. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Do it again. Do it again. I don't like lamb. <laughs> um. My office now. <laughs> Ashton, you be prisoned in my office for five minutes. My, my main question, other than who's going to play at the back, which is the big one, is who's going to play up top? I, I had, you know, I, I sent you all, you know, sent everybody, you know, various permutations. Uh, Gillen Moore over Gillen Defoe, or finally, you know, please all three, because you can't sit Defoe. Defoe's healthy, he doesn't sit. And, and he shouldn't, and I don't think that's wrong. But, Gilberto and Luke Moore... Play very well together. Play very well together. Mm. Nice little tidy partnership going, and... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, you know, we need goals. Clearly, all the time. But uh, especially when we've got some defensive issues, potentially, what happens? Like, do we just, do, do we, does someone, like, grab Ryan Nelson and, like, tie him to a chair and just say, just deal with it, just do it, just put three guys out there? Or what do you think we're going to see? Well, the deal with it guy's gone. Damn it. Yeah. I think we're going to see exactly what, what we, we saw, saw this week. Yeah. Because that's the Ryan Nelson way. And if you say th- and if you say three up top, we know what happens. <laughs> Fetal position. I'm gonna bring a, I'm gonna bring a GoPro. I'm gonna I'm gonna catch I'm gonna catch him doing that. And you know potentially you you move more as a like right winger maybe and you know kind of mm-hmm. fool Nelson into thinking yeah this is still a four four two. Then no no it's okay it's okay. Where is it? Where- then, uh, oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. then oh. the, at the right moment, Fran just gives uh, Luke the, uh, well, the nod and you move up a little there. Yeah, yeah. Gilberto, you come a little wide. Hmm? Yeah, <laughs> here he we go. Start, he has yes. to starts hyperventilating. He's like, no, 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 no. Oh, you're out of position, Luke. Get, get back, get back. You know. Yeah. Play up. Uh-huh. No, I, I do think I, I'd be shocked if we saw much different than we saw on Saturday outside of... At the back. Maybe a change at the back, but mm, mm-hmm. it's it's not his way. Big big moves aren't his thing. Yeah. Sitting Defoe isn't. Nor are badges. Yay. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
yeah, you know, it's like theoretically and it's like super optimistically, Asario moves back alongside Bradley and either Gilberto's kind of left wingy with Moore and Defoe up front or Moore's left wingy. I don't know which one of them would be best out there. And But yeah, I agree with Tony. Warner and Bradley and then 4 the 4 usual suspects, yeah. 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 You're probably right. Which mm-hmm. is unfortunate because I do think. A really well, we all think that there is a, a, a real missed opportunity here um, for there to be something just a little different. But I actually think this lineup can handle. I don't think it's that it's it's not beyond them. No, and now that no. The, now that DK's back as well, you have an option off the bench for forward. You know, you're carrying two strikers on your bench. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems so. Um, oh, what actually? Quick note about the the defense is apparently Warren C is fit and available. For the weekend. Because he was so good at right back. Hooray, we all enjoyed that experiment. We really, really did. How will he do at left back? <laughs> 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 yeah, I think this is just a ploy to get more ratings for that all for one series. Right. It's, it's, that's a bad reality show. That's what mm. it is. It's not documentary behind the scenes. Like, let's see what we do when we mix up the lineup. <laughs> it's scripted. Uh, <laughs> Scripted that's reality what show that drama. Was when Julia was exhausted. Yes. Goodbye. Yes. The big wheel of the fortune. Wheel of right. exactly. yeah. Who do we say is injured this wheel week? Wheel of formation. off on uh, we're going to do sort of a, a mini feature on a feature recently Jermaine Defoe had an article in, on in Toronto Life magazine in which he listed the 10 things he could not live without and there's some really hard-hitting stuff here and we were wondering what our favorite TFC players of past and or present they might not be able to live without so number one of course on, on Jermaine's list and on many athletes lists is his Bible. That's believable. Absolutely. So, what's, uh, what's sort of, what was your number one? Uh, also favoring a Bible was former TFC defender Miguel Acevo. That Bible, of course, was cut out in the middle where he could keep a switchblade. <laughs> uh, I'm going with a book for the real Jermaine Defoe choice, which is his Bloody big black book. He just tells his mum it's a Bible, but. No. Oh, I'm gonna go. Speaking of books, I hear uh, 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 Bright DK. Uh, his favorite book was the MLS Dean Pronunciation Guide. Everybody keeps screwing it up. <laughs> Somebody's gonna nail it once. Uh, I kind of sort of I, I kept with the, the spiritual plane. Uh, not necessarily a book, but Julio Cesar. Uh, unknown. I know you guys don't realize this. It's tarot cards. This is how he determines which park he's going to go practice alone in. Ah, I thought it was going to be guidance. chicken soup for the lonely goalkeeper's soul. <laughs> very small book. <laughs> One page. Comes with its own very small towel. Uh, and a deflated. Yes. All right. You ended up at Benfica, didn't you? He mm-hmm. loses her. Yeah. Yes. Are they the ones with the the uh, the, the hawk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't get away. Go, Not again. 
part of the contract stipulates. Uh, only Hawk clubs. <laughs> Alright, uh, so number, uh, the second item on Defoe's must-have list is his aftershave, Creed Aventus. Ooh. Oh, I know. He, he didn't think that he could get it here in Toronto. He bought a case of it before he left. Uh, loads, sorry, loads of bottles with him in case he couldn't find it here. Then he arrived, he could find it everywhere. Hooray! Go Canada. Yes. Gentlemen. Well, a fan of uh, aftershaves that you can't get in Canada was also Nick Sulzma, who used to stock <laughs> up on 25-cent aftershave from the vending machine at Club Escobar. Nice. <laughs> There's a theme here. Uh, aftershave, it was uh, Laurent Robert uh, actually has his own line of Ooh. aftershave. It's called Le Shrug. Uh, oh, yeah. The advert's a very moody black and white. Robert's topless as a topless model kind of rubbing himself against him, lots of side boob and everything. He just looks at the camera. I don't care. Le Shrug by Laurent Robert. Along the same lines of... of, of care products, uh, Mister couldn't go anywhere without mustache wax, and he needed that so he could easily curl something once he's fleeced another club out of cash. Hey. <laughs> he tied Mo Johnson to the tracks. So I went with uh, Jim Brennan and uh, Polo, mm. because... I was in high school. Only the douchiest guys. <laughs> I could not think of anything that better suited. Okay. All right. Uh, number three for Mr. Defoe was his watch collection um, that his mom keeps in a safe so that it doesn't get stolen. Mm. Um, but uh, as part of this, uh, his favorite one is a Frank Muller that doesn't have white diamonds because those are too flashy. This one has black diamonds. Mm. Much more subtle, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't want to show off too much. No. Uh, what do you gentlemen have for this? Well, speaking of a subtle watch, uh, former defender Leslie Falinga actually <laughs> used to love his. Uh, he had Hades' high, most high-tech watch, <laughs> and it was his prized possession. It was a 1983 Casio calculator watch. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to him from. <laughs> it was passed down. It was a family heirloom. <laughs> Jonas Elba has a cuckoo clock. And yeah, it's Swiss, but it's still crap. <laughs> um, Mark Bloom, um, he also has a, he has a safe, but his is empty for when he has something valuable to put in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I too went with Mark Bloom, but uh, he does have a safe. It's a shoebox. <laughs> that he keeps under his IKEA futon. And in it is his Swatch Watch collection from middle school. Nice. <laughs> All right, uh, the fourth thing for, uh, 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 is uh, Jermaine Defoe's charity. The Jermaine Defoe Foundation to help kids in St. Lucia. Very nice. It is very nice. Speaking of helping kids overseas, <laughs> former defender Rivers Hishkanovich has a literacy charity. Uh, it's written in Latvian, so I'm not sure, but it's Fuck the Vuls. <laughs> Mark Bloom has uh, his charity. My baby needs diapers. Please donate. It's a little selfish, really. I mean, Jermaine's giving to Are the kids in Saint Lucia. Mm. Uh. Um, I'm going to go with uh, um, Milos Kosic and uh, 
his charity involves with uh, being against uh, con contraceptives, um, which is weird because now he's got triplets, so it really backfired on him. So that, that's he, he yeah. gave to it. He believed in it a little too much. All right, so I, my 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 charity uh, Jackson has a charity. Mm. Uh, it's it's called the 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 Out of Touches Foundation, and it's for poor Brazilians that have no first touch. Please give Jackson. <laughs> I'm that Brazilian. No one believes yeah. I'm Brazilian. Yeah, one in one hundred Brazilian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, that's, it's, that's it's, uh, it, we need to raise awareness. Uh, number five is possibly one of the most interesting things here on the, the <laughs> faux list, and. It's his hand cream, Laura Mercier, the best moisturizer in the world. And this is a quote from Jermaine. When I first got to Toronto, I was sitting in the locker room. Putting it on, the boys were all like, JD, what's that? I made them smell it, and now they all want to get some. Just let it's that never not funny. over you folks. It's never not funny. It's never not funny. Uh, gentlemen, what do you have as... Well, what goes better than with Polo Cologne <laughs> than Jim Brennan's Chet Brosteen's facial hair wax? The best for douchey facial hairstylings. Uh, Maxim Yusinov has a hand cream called uh, Equus. When your knuckles hurt from punching a horse, use Equus for instant relief. Also, Rivas <laughs> Iskanovich, um, his is really just a massage oil. <laughs> but, you know, he's into that as well. Specialist. Yes. <laughs> For the shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, fun, fun fact. Um, when players leave Belgium, uh, they're given, they given a case of one of the local specialties, or domestic specialties, I should say. When Mikhail Yurosowski left, uh, he, got, he got a case of uh, Michael Prudhomme's uh, scalp shaving cream. Ooh. To keep his head nice and smooth. Mm. Yeah. Prudhomme. Yeah, well, you know what? Not a lot of footballing endorsements over there. I mean, Enzo Schifo had everything. But well, I think I presume Enzo Schifo gets everything, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, well, I mean, it, like he's got the beer and the chocolate, so it's like... So Fellaini's got the hair volumizer, yeah. I think, obviously. Yeah, so yeah. Prudhomme's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Sure, uh -huh. not. Yeah. Only best for legends. So we're talking about things special made for certain players, and uh, you mentioned the massage oil. Well, actually, Dero has... Um, his own massage oil, muscle relaxant, joint relaxant, actually, for, you know, when you're signing <laughs> those large checks. That carpal tunnel, you know, oh, it's really, and, and this huh? stuff is, you know, especially just for him, for those large checks, and, and it works wonders, I hear. I bet it's all natural and vegan. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Derota. Hey. There you go. Uh, all right, number six, uh, his two phones. That's right, two phones. Uh, one for England and one for Canada. Likes to have the numbers ending in fourteen, fourteen, because that's uh, a, a thing. Because that's a thing. That's a thing, yeah, apparently. <laughs> also a fan of two phones. Former Toronto FC general manager Maurice Johnston. One phone for Scotland. The other one to call Barry McLean. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only number that worked. Does it work in Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> he has a good roaming package. Uh, uh, Richard Eckersley's uh, phone, he doesn't really care what type of phone it is, but he's had to stick with uh, one because this is about a, a year or so old phone and he can't figure out how to change the ringtone or get a ringtone onto a, a new one. But uh, it just, every time it rings, it plays uh, No Ordinary Love by Sade. So he kind of sings it to himself. This is no ordinary fullback. Just to 
try and uh, you know, maintain his confidence uh, amidst New York's bench. <laughs> Uh, my Don Santos has a uh, special phone, and, and it's not so much the phone itself as the service that it provides. Um, if you call his, if you call his phone, um, you get a voice automated thing, a uh, message that said, "If you're calling for the famous Micon footballer, please press one. If you want Micon Santos, please stay on the line." So he was getting a lot of confusion. Mm. His international bills were crazy. <laughs> I went really simple with this one, and uh, Stephen Caldwell with uh, his Nokia flip phone. He flips it open, and he waves it, and he flips it down, and he flips it open, so he gets to he gets to use the gesture, and this is why he waves so much because he's flipping yeah. the phone open. The, the the texting and the data not so much, but he calls well. Hey oh! Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, number seven is uh, his pregame ritual. Uh, so. He likes to have porridge with berries, not once, but twice. So once when he wakes up, and again in the afternoon. Uh, because the slow-release energy works. As Mike Tyson said, discipline is doing what you hate to do, but nonetheless doing it like you love it. Says every wag that's ever visited your phone. I do think of self-discipline when I think of Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, oh, absolutely. That is like the, the first thing I come yes. up with. Yes. Speaking of slow-release energy, <laughs> former TFC striker Danny Coovermans also liked a pregame meal. He liked pancakes and pig berries thrice. Once for breakfast, once at lunch, and once at halftime. Pig berries, of course, is the Rotterdam slang for pork meatballs. <laughs> Very nice. Um, Chad Barrett's pre-game ritual. Uh, this all uh, rotates around his prized possession. It's a, a banjo. Uh, every game day, he takes it out into the country and finds some. Uh, uh, every game day, he takes it out to the country and finds some cows and tries to hit the cows' asses with his banjo, just to show himself that he can. Um, though it was very expensive and it probably uh, had a lot to do with uh, his his emergency loaning uh, contract but uh, the fine china plates that Kenny Stamatopoulos required to smash before (laughs) every match um, I kind of got him psyched up I got him psyched up pretty good Nice. Well, there's only one of two hobbies a Greek could have, so... <laughs> this is the best! <laughs> That's the best! Sometimes they combine both. <laughs> well, they didn't allow... That was particularly good! Oh, Smash! Smash! I, I wrecked that like plate. Smash. <laughs> like I wrecked your rectum. Smash! Anyway, so um. <laughs> this is a glorious thing. I don't know if, if this needs to be said. But. Uh, I went with uh, with Adrian Camp, mm. uh, who's a uh, very important and, and very meticulous pregame ritual. Mirror training to make sure he's projecting exactly the right look. You know. Nice. Counting the abs. Just to make sure they're all there. That takes a while. 
making the hair just so. Like this is this is this is extensive. He has to get about six a.m. for games. <laughs> Let's start at seven in the evening just to make sure you know the abs again counted just so. He has to do it several times because he's pretty. At least he's count them. Mm. He's got that. He yeah. does have that. All right, number eight. Um, well, it's a football. It was fairly apparently an obvious choice. Yeah. This is a. Uh, from the time he could walk, he was crazy for football. So uh-huh. this is very important for him. You know who else liked to collect a football? Former TFC striker Mista. Why, he collected a football for every goal he scored at TFC. <laughs> so, a football. <laughs> he turned into a Keebler elf. <laughs> Uh, uh, Gib Gala also has a football it's uh, the ball he used to score against Real Madrid it's a great pop when you're trying to sell a condo (laughs) yes this football scored against Real Madrid would look great in this den really brings the room together exactly Uh, you know who else had an extensive football collection um would be Chris Posniak, but he was smart enough to leave it all back home in Norway so that he could get back easier, save the hassle on unpacking. Uh, so it was nice. Fair enough. It's kind of a Terry Dunfield. Because whenever Dunfield was playing and there was a free kick or a goal or something, he always did the, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. So I figured he actually took a number of those balls home and he has an extensive football collection. <laughs> Somebody is waiting to take a free kick. Exactly. Brandon like O'Ball. Jesus. Dunfield. <laughs> the ref's going to blow any moment. I, uh. All right. Uh, number nine was his uh, his iPad. Loves it for traveling, likes to watch movies on it when they're, you know, for away games, that sort of thing. You know who else is a big fan of technology? <laughs> TFC backup goalkeeper Chris Kanopka. <laughs> Well, his favorite item is the iRock. <laughs> now, that's actually not any kind of iPad. It's a rock he throws at your eye. Pretty much. Pretty much. All right. Uh, Dudley Borman. <laughs> Oh, wow. Say what you want about this bit. A lot of guys are getting pressed that they never got oh my before. God, yeah, we're, we're, I'm surprised how much coverage we're having. Four of us just going random directions. Good luck with that, guys. We've had so little crossover. I'm impressed. <laughs> anyway, Dunley Borman is especially proud of his brand new Discman, which he uses to listen to his boys to man CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the most random shit on TFC TV? You'll love the Vocal Minority Podcast. Oh, we need to get out of here. Oh my god. Reggie Lamb. Yes, remember him? Um, he, he recently came into an iPad uh, because uh, he, act, and, but in exchange of that, 
he gave up his most treasured diplomatic immunity from the Bermuda government. So he isn't going to need that anymore because he ain't leaving. So, so he's fine. I also went with Chris Kanaka. Um, but he has an etch sketch. <laughs> which he, he's, he's, you know, he's had to have several of them because he turns the lines. I can't quite make things happen because he can't spell. <laughs> but he wants to know. He's shaking them and pulling them apart because he's trying to figure out who it is that's making the little lines inside. Mm -hmm. uh, number 10 is the last item on the list. And good, 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 good boy, Jermaine. Uh, for uh, repping TFC wherever you go, apparently, it's his new TFC suit. Mm -hmm. You know, those fancy suits that the boys got. What, uh, what did you have on this? You know who else likes wearing an item of TFC clothing? <laughs> Colin Samuel. <laughs> he has kept and often wears his old TFC substitutes bib. <laughs> now used as a bib. <laughs> so, yeah, Jacob Peterson, uh, his favorite item of clothing is uh, the Uncle Sam outfit that Apollo Creed <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> In, in Rocky Four, <laughs> Apollo, <laughs> which he purchased at auction. <laughs> what a detail! What an unnecessary detail! <laughs> well, how else would he have it? <laughs> we need to know that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> See, I didn't take this as an article of TFC clothing as much as something that you know had TFC on it. So. So I'm uh, Danny Cooperman's. Um, he had a, he was given an automatic uh, TFC club car, um, but but to keep it in pristine condition, he rarely got it on a second gear. He needed to save that for something really special. Mm. So it only stayed first, <laughs> <laughs> like pancake sale. <laughs> 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 um, I, I I went I went back to. Terry Dunfield, because clearly double dipped. <laughs> oh, I did. Uh, really, how can you not think of something like this when Terry clearly has his favorite sock tassel and arm tassel collection? Aww. He's got the wall of tassels. They're all organized by color, by game date. He so retires the, them after each game. These are all like his tassels that he wore. Oh, does, absolutely. Does he go out and buy famous like Ultimate Warrior? Macho Man. Those are those, no, the Ultimate Warrior ones. Those are in a sealed, uh, you know, climate-controlled case. Terry yeah. Dunfield was a Randy Savage. <laughs> oh, oh. Hey. Send all the ladies. Uh -huh. oh, all right. We're done. Hey. Close this off so Ross can see your bachelor. <laughs> Alright guys, that's, uh, wow, that's been an episode. So, thank you for joining in, folks. Uh, if you have any uh, ideas for the top ten list that you'd like to share with us, please, again, send them to us on the Twitters, in the comments on the blog, or on Waking the Red in the comments right there. But until next week, uh, when I'm joined by, as always, Mr. Mark Hankley at Talk on the Twitters, I-G-N-I-R-T-O-Q. You know who else likes the Twitters? I got nothing. Go. <laughs> Why well, that would be Mr. Tony Walsh at the Yorkies eighteen twelve. Pigberries. <laughs> and another fine fellow on the interwebs is Mr. Duncan D. Fletcher. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I mean goodbye. Classic. Dunks. Yes. Where we're not drunk. <laughs>
<laughs> and uh, as for me, I can be found out on the internet at KZ Knowles. Alright, Toronto, until next time, get used to it. We are so sorry. <laughs>